Welcome to Homestead Stories, hosted by Frank Foreman. In this show, we talk to the modern homesteader to understand why they have chosen to take a step back and learn to live life at the speed of nature. Today on Homestead Stories, I'm joined by Tom Watkins of Murray McMurray Hatchery. Uh, welcome, Tom. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm Tom Watkins. I'm the president and co-owner of McMurray Hatchery with my father-in-law. So we're a family-owned chicken hatchery so we've been in business for 105 years so well okay i knew you were around a long time i didn't realize 105 years yeah well so tom we're here at the uh this is yet another episode uh recorded at the hoa homesteaders of america uh in columbia tennessee mm-hmm. this event is on roy feek's farm uh, homestead um so I'm talking to you today because I want to know, like, what's your why? Why you got into, not just into the chickens, 105 years, yeah. sounds like it's family business, um, but also into homesteading yourself. So yeah. if you could let our folks know what, what, what your why is. Yeah. So um, on, on, on a scale, we've, we've always, I grew up in a small town, 200 people, you know, it was very agrarian. You know, we lived in town for one thing, but, it, you know, I was hired hand for, you know, farmers or different things, you know, growing up you know, push mowed yards, but we always gardened, you know, we always had a garden. We were, or my mom's a Norwegian stock, you know, so we grow potatoes, you know, Mm -hmm. potatoes and onions. So we have about an acre of potatoes that we plant every year and that feeds, you know, the, you know, like five, six different families, you know, all, all year we have salary, put them in and that's, that's the potatoes we eat. So the goal is to never buy potatoes. (laughs) I would think if you're growing a football field size of, of potatoes, then it's probably, if you had to buy it, you did something wrong. Yeah, or so, you guys just like potatoes. Well, yeah, so it's it's probably three to four thousand pounds of of potatoes wow. by the time we're done. So it depends on the season. You know, that's farming. That's that's homesteading. You know, you know, sometimes you get a good crop, sometimes you don't. You know, do you have issues uh, with mice and potatoes? Not not mice. Um, usually, it's is you know you know still farmer things. Rain. You know, okay. did it rain? Not rain. We don't have a good way to irrigate. So, you know, it's where are you, where are you guys out of? So that, that family farm is in kind of Northeast Nebraska. Okay. So the, the hatchery and I, my wife and I live in the middle of Iowa. So, but that's where I, I grew up. So that's like my family's kind of farm. There's 80 acres there. Um, it's in the bluffs of the hills of the Missouri river Valley. Okay. So it's, you know, we deer hunt. We've always hunted and, and do all that stuff there, but it's... Yeah, I've been around Iowa quite a bit. Yeah. My, my uncle lived in uh, Davenport, and my yep. buddy's uh, family's farms are in Storm Lake. So yeah, yeah. I've been both sides We're of right the in state. the middle of those. There yeah. you go. You're right in between. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but then, so I, I said, I'm, my father-in-law is the other co-owner of the hatchery. I, I guess I'm married into it. Um, so we're, uh, that, that part was fairly new to us and, and kind of growing... Even though we we lived in garden and stuff, I never never considered raising chickens or like growing our own food, you know, about meat, you know, mm-hmm. protein basically. Um, until we started getting chickens, and there's a it's a very organic way. It's the same way I think all of our customers kind of get into what you know, going from having a couple of backyard chickens to to it was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise more. I want to raise eggs, you know, I'm like oh, we're gonna try to sell eggs or something and. And then we'll go. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some birds. I'm gonna butcher them. So we're gonna produce our own chicken. And and so then you know you just kind of grow, and it's it's very that's that's kind of the what can I do next? You know, mm-hmm. all right. You know, we don't we were limited on space. So like I said, we 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 just have moved from one acre in town where we could have chickens 
to five acres outside of town where we have more space. You know, we, we just bought four cows. Oh, so okay. <laughs> are they are they dairy cows or or cow pairs or so they're they're Scottish Highland cows. Oh, okay, um, first off, that's Scottish Highlands and Galloways are my two <laughs> favorite and the <laughs> ones that I really want to raise. So yeah, yeah. Um, we were um, kind of specific in what I was looking for, and I was looking for something that was friendly, you know, first and foremost. And what I liked about the Scottish Highland is that they're supposedly I haven't got to eat one yet. That's coming up here. Um, we have a locker date at the end of May, so for one of them. Great. Um, but they're not only are they friendly or docile, you know, but they're they're supposedly the most some of the best meat. So they're leaner. They don't have the same fat that you'd get on an Angus or something, but they're twenty three percent more tender, and they have nine percent more protein, seventeen percent more iron in in the same amount. Less cholesterol because they are leaner, they're less fat, but yeah, hopefully the the is to have a better product. So yeah, well, I I think my understanding of them by my research is the fact that they are a heritage breed that mm-hmm. that is not does not get touched by the grains. Yeah, yeah no, we've yeah, never it's fed all grass. Yeah, yeah. it's um, the cows that we have are thirteen, uh, nine, eight, and eight, and they've never they've never had grain. It's only grass. They've only been on pasture. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to continue that too. So that's, that's the goal. All they, like, uh, Joel Soliton says they live on a full sunshine diet, you know, mm-hmm. the, the grass grows with the sun and water and the cows eat it. So now I've got protein off of sunshine something yeah. like that. I didn't have to put any work into. No, that's great. And you know, it's, um, interesting is, is they, my understanding is they do take longer to raise, mm-hmm. um, the meat is definitely a lot more tender is what I was told. So we've both heard the same yeah. thing. Uh, but what I just was talking to a, a person about the Scottish Highlands and she mentioned that they're jumpers. Have oh you, yeah. Have you noticed that? Um, well, I didn't have any trouble getting, well, I shouldn't minimal trouble getting them into this trailer, but <laughs> no. Um, but the, the ones that I have because of their age, they are very accustomed to, the electric fence system. Mm, so okay. rotational grazing is what they did. Mm. So it's, they're already ingrained into it. It made it really easy for me because of, because of my small pasture size when I was, I'm trying to do rotational grazing. So I've got you know, a little paddock with you know, mm-hmm. premier one fencing that I've got, you know, out and, and it's just, I guess I told my wife, I could hold them in with a stringle stay and a cotton, like right. just some string, I think. And they went, they don't, they're trained to it. Yeah. yeah as long as they have food, you know, if you were, if, if they didn't have enough space or they didn't have enough food, I, they they'd be over it. You know, but well, I talked to Joe from Premier One, and at, at some point, I'm going to get him along with some other people on the on this podcast because we really talk to homesteaders and why they're doing homesteading. Mm-hmm. But I think what's difficult is finding your way into homesteading and what type of products yeah. are really good for me. Um, if you go into homesteading. Uh, bookmark in my on my computer and underneath there says chickens this is murray mcmurray and you guys are right there so to come here and see you here and i'm like hey how cool is that and then to find out that you've got your own stuff going on as well i think it's really great so yeah like i said we you know we wife and i when we moved to um the town with the hatchery to kind of i was never was was never meant to be a co-owner or Mm. president of the hatchery i was actually maintenance oh so that's kind of my background, but it, you know, it is my father-in-law, so it's, you know, that's <laughs> a little nepotism. Doesn't yes, hurt it is. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I actually built the set of incubators that we have, some of the, our, our largest set of incubators. And so then I, I did that, and and the, the gal was doing purchasing. She was retiring, so it's like, well, why don't you take over the, you know, the, uh, our merchandise purchasing stuff. So I kind of did that, and, and it's, it's just kind of like, well, what else can you do? Like, so and ended up taking over most of, all of the day-to-day stuff now, but at the time it was, you know, he's getting close to retirement, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah. Now, now we're the president of that, but my wife did not want to live in the country when we moved. Mm-hmm. So I did, you know, I was like, man, I want some ground. Like, and so we, we found an old house in town. Um, you know, the small town that I grew up, I didn't want to live. Webster city was too big for me. It was 5,000 mm-hmm. people, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a huge metropolis right there, so, yeah. <laughs> but coming from 200. So, yeah. yeah so we, we compromised. We live in this other small town, um, you know, it's about 1,200 people, but they have a grocery store, you know, gas station. So that's, that's uptown living. There you so, go. <laughs> um, and we did that. And, and, you know, ultimately, because like all things, it was her decision to, to live in town. And then it was her decision when we moved. So there you um, go. sometimes <laughs> you need to plant the seeds and eventually it'll grow. So, yeah. yeah, but we, you know, we, we always have garden, you know, we left a, a really nice established garden with raised beds, you know, and chicken coop and chicken, all that stuff that we had. We had just planted like a dozen apple trees, four cherry trees, three peach trees, you know, pear trees. And it's like, we're, we finally like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to commit to buying all of the trees. And I just, we're going to do it. This year is going to do it. And so we did that in the spring. And then in the fall, we put it up for sale. So it's like, well, somebody's going to be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> that's so, uh, They appreciate the, all the work you put in. So, it. yeah, you know, and that's, that's, we were, um, there was blueberry bushes we'd put in, raspberry canes, you know. So we're we were we're trying to live, you know. We we have four kids, mm-hmm. so eight, nine, eight, six, five, and you know you go through a pack of blueberries a day, sure. you know, or whatever. So it's like, all right, you know, we can grow blueberries. Like, let's put blueberry plants out, and they freeze well. Like, so I don't know. We've always tried to live. You know, our, you know that's the whole thing here. The homesteading is just to live intentionally. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be self-sustainable. It's just, it doesn't work. Like, you you can do things intentionally, but you, you're always relying on somebody else for something. Home, you know. Well, I think that's the whole thing. If you look here, it is a community. Of it people. is a community. Yeah. So that that I, I see the difference between people who oftentimes consider themselves themselves preppers and those who consider themselves prepared. The homesteader, the homesteaders get that there's a big community because you can't do everything on no, your own. No, you can't. But on on the prepper side, they're like I'm doing this, I'm self sustainable. That's not just lonely, but it's not <laughs> practical to do everything by yourself. So and then what? Like, all right, it does hit the fan. Like, it, yeah, so cool. You're alone. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 te- I, I do teach. I do teach uh, some disaster preparedness and planning stuff. And and in there, I, uh, the question I always ask people when I'm teaching the communities or different groups uh, on on this, not just the planning efforts, that are another aspect mm-hmm. of it, is what are the two most important things when you're doing some type of planning? And it's always well, guns. Okay, so you're going to shoot your neighbor. Got it. Okay. <laughs> or water. Okay, water's good too. But I, I like to say that it's your mindset and it's your relationships. Yeah. And that's the one thing here is there's a similar mindset of all these people that are at this co- this event as well as the home, homestead community. And then you have that community part, which is your relationship. So the people here and homesteaders seem to embody those two key concepts mm-hmm. of mindset and relationships. And so 
and the intentionality that mm-hmm. you, you talk about. So you're, you're, how many acres right now you said? We have five acres. Five acres, yeah. and you've got four cows. That's a lot of cows. On it's a lot of cows. Place. Like I said, one of them's going to the locker mm-hmm. here, you know, at the end of the month. Um, so we, you know, according to Joel, you know, I've been to the seminars and I've listened to things. It's some like, but in actually going out and doing, mm-hmm. you know, it's different. Um, I know it's probably not enough, so I've had to buy hay early, but we're also really early in spring. We don't mm-hmm. have grown, like, gr- actively growing grass. It's just starting, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a little bit too much probably, but. Are you looking to get more property? Or, in that, well, I guess this <laughs> yeah. you'll do, you'll, build, you'll put a nice orchard in, yeah. you'll get every all your infrastructure taken care of, and then you'll sell it. Yeah. Let's be Um <laughs> You know, don't, I, yes and no. Um, there are 50 acres that surround our our current property that is, um, you know, just farm ground. Right. You know, it's just, right, it's cornfield right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, you know, 50 acres would be really nice. But a 40 and 50 acres of cornfield in Iowa is $10,000 an acre. Oh, so okay. it's like, all right, that's $500,000 um, to do what with, you know. Mm-hmm. to put a cow on it like that's there's no there's never a return right for sure on that and it's like well i don't i i don't make that so <laughs> it's not not an option you know maybe five acres you know i could i could double um you know in a couple of years but you, you don't know so nobody knows what, what right you know we're gonna live we're gonna we're gonna build the property like we're going to live there forever. That's what we did at our last house. We literally remodeled um, a, a 1910 uh, four-square house, so a big old farmhouse. Like, and we finished it in time to leave. Like, yeah. and <laughs> well, you gained the experience. So, yeah. Now you're going to actually do it again. Yeah. yeah. So we've never not been remodeling as uh, the ten years my wife and I have been married. It's, we've always lived and remodeled houses because that's, that's what we could afford. And but right. like. You know, you don't stop working because you just. <laughs> no, of course. Well, I, I've been in my house for 24 years, and it is always still remodeling. You're, you're always doing something. Never you know? stopping. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of uh, a lot of people here. You know, you're always, you're oh, you're eyeing the future. It's not just what I'm doing today. It, it's what I'm going to do, you know. What, what, what do I want to do in five years? What do I want to do in 10 years? So, so putting your roots down. Um, you know, that includes putting your trees in, you know, like, you know, those things aren't necessarily going to pay off for me. Hopefully they pay off for my kids, you know, yeah. hopefully they pay off for whoever comes after, or, you know. Well, I think that's what's really neat is that patience and slowing down, uh, the, the tagline for this podcast is living life at the speed of nature. Yeah. So, and embracing that and in our fast pace of society today, we expect every, and, and our desire or demand, it has to be now instantaneous. I think orchards are like one of the best things because it forces you to slow down. And I just, I had a hard time initially when I was starting gardening again to be able to take that time to sow the seed, watch the sprout, watch the plant. Eventually here comes some, uh, some produce and then eventually get to eat it. And that duration is really short. But my mindset and the way we were going is, is like, why is it taking so long? Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's 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 getting more intentional and being more connected and mm-hmm. uh, looking at the long game. So, so with you and your family, um, obviously Iowa is where you're going to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have amazing 
amazing rainstorms <laughs> that, <laughs> that I've have to, I've had to pull over on the side of the road and wait till it passes. Yeah. So um, being around the the cornfields, uh, corn, the other thing that I've uh, had fun with is the twenty percent of land on the big corn uh, on the big uh, farms that they have to let fallow so that uh, for uh, their land that we used to when I was a kid when I was back there visiting, we'd take the demolition derby cars that they were getting put together and we'd race through the cornfields yeah. on that area. So, uh, do you have any kids or neighbors that are near you that may be having fun like that, or do you guys do that? <laughs> um, no, not that. Like I, uh, um, my wife's better at like branching out and meeting people. It's like I I work kind of uh probably way too much so mm-hmm. it's like all right well i go to work and i come home and i do my chores and i do all this stuff and we help the kids do homework and it's like oh, and i go to bed but it's like so i've like even though we've i've lived in iowa for like 10 years now it's like i've i know like three people <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I, i'm the extrovert yeah. in our relationship and my wife's more the introverted one so you're are you introverted or extroverted or you're just working i um you know, my job is to meet and talk with people. <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm good at that. Um, but it is, you know, I, I'm also a homebody. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just, I want to go home. Like, so it's, you know, more introverted obviously than, than extroverted, but I have no problem actually like going out and talking to people. Cause that's, but it's, it's easier. Well, cause I'm, um, you know, really confident in what I know. So it's like, all right, let's talk about things that I know, like chickens, farming, like, okay. <laughs> so how, how did, I mean, obviously you're, you're married into McMurray. How did you, um, I guess, how have you embraced the chicken? Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, growing up, even though I was in town, like I didn't think of a chicken as a pet or, you know, like you'd see chickens on a farm, but I never really gave a thought to mm-hmm. like, where did that come from or why is that here? Or what are they doing with them? But. It's a very unique group of people. Chicken people are um, weird. <laughs> that's a that's a good word, and, the, and it, I think everybody embraces and, that, and they're fine with yeah, it. And like they they're all, oh yeah, it. yep. Um, you know, they say chicken math, you know, and it's it's very true um, because, like I said, that's something like we lived exactly how people get into it so when i when i talk to customers or potential customers it's like yeah i know because i did that like mm-hmm. i had the incubator sitting on the counter you know hatching eggs for the kids you know i want to do it myself and it's like okay like literally I do that at work and i come home and do it again like because it's it's the same cycle that people you know get into it mm-hmm. to, for and uh it's i don't know it's it's very they're they're unique in what they want or what they're trying to do and um you know our niche so we have 110 varieties of chickens so there some of them are really really rare some exist don't exist outside of mcmurray hatchery um you know the red caps are one of them that are you know now probably functionally extinct in the united states there i know there's a good breeding group in in england but um the crevicour was a french breed and it was it was that way about 10 years ago and that was a concerted effort that we took to to kind of bring that back um so my my job within that is also the conservation of of these breeds mm-hmm. and so when i think about my legacy within within the hatchery is it's it's strictly going to be chickens like what did i do for that chicken or you know mm-hmm. and that's how i'll know what success is but i won't know for 20 years right like 
again, it's taking that yeah. step back. You have to trust in what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of, I was talking to somebody else and it's like ultimate cosmic power. Cause I can, I can change mm-hmm. a whole breed of chickens, you know, in my life. I could take something and I can selectively breed for one trait that I like, you know, and it will change the whole United States mm-hmm. because it's, it's like of how, um, how big we are within this mm-hmm. niche. So it's like, if I wanted to change Rhode Island reds, mm-hmm. I could do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could. Now so, it would be new England yeah, whites. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it would be, or yeah, you know, absolutely. We, you know, so it's like, okay, that's, that's really cool. But that's mm-hmm. like, that's such a, uh, weird concept too, to have that, that influence on this. It's like, yeah. it's taking you know, a step back. Like, all right, you know, what are you doing? But, yeah. But, no, that I would, I would imagine that's it's. I mean, you guys' reach is huge, and like you said, the variety of birds. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That's pretty interesting to think about how you could change an entire industry at your whim. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's um, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it, and it. I, but, I give. I get. I. I kind of rail against the show people, and those are like I said. When you talk about chicken people, they're the that top echelon of weird. Um, because that's so unique, but it's also less functional. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about homesteading, you know, there's, they need to have a function. Um, you know, they have to, they have to produce, they have to do something, you know, nothing lives for free. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, you will produce eggs, you will produce meat. Um, you know, there is, there are aspects to, to having a show bird or show line specifically, but it, you know, it's secondary to the utilitarian nature of what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you live intentionally, all of your animals, everything on your farm needs to live intentionally. Yeah, um, absolutely. What's their purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Pets are, a lot of the animals are not pets. They, yeah. they have a function. They are employees <laughs> of the property. Yeah. And they can yeah. do, you know, the chickens, Joel Solitin's the, the king of that. I'm like, all right, you know, you chickens have a job. They they'll till the soil. You they'll eat the bugs. You know, the low the lower the parasite loads for your other animals. Like, um, you have to give them those jobs, and that's what they want to do. That's their whole purpose. So you know, when we separate them from that, then you have you have issues with chickens. It makes it harder to to raise chickens. Like, yeah. because we're taking away their their function and their their ability to what they've been you know, nature has given them to do. So that's yeah. when you say step back and yeah. let, let, you know, you have to think about whys. So. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. Cause uh, with when I've raised both broilers as well as layers and I know on the Cornish crosses people, uh, I mean, Oh, you need to process. I process it nine weeks. That was mm-hmm. a week too long in my mind. Um, the girls got big girls and boys, they all got big, but they were in my in the coop at night um, and in their hen house. But during the day, <clears throat> they were all over my yard. And I live in a small, I have a small place. But at the nine-week mark, I didn't have uh, them falling over dying. I didn't have them barely able to stand because they had that freedom to run around. Mm-hmm. And they would even fly across the yard the moment they came outside, <laughs> which is fun to watch a very oh, large yeah. chicken fly right <laughs> at you because <clears throat> you're getting attacked. But But they really... Uh, the personalities of the chickens, I, I, I find like fascinating mm-hmm. meat birds or, or layers. It doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's really fun to, it's really fun to watch them. And speaking of 
uh, chicken people, <laughs> Rebecca Rhodes just walked out here and, and, uh, Justin is the apron wearing chicken ninja master. So, um, yeah, he's, he's stayed 24 hours in a coop even with yeah. him to, <laughs> just to do it. So, but, uh, yeah, no, so it's, it, it's interesting because I've spoken with Jeremy Chambers who loves chickens for, uh, for the eggs, yeah. <laughs> but lo- not the meat part. The meat part is rabbits. So, yeah. um, it's, it's finding the balance and different meat and such. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, we're not going to, so there's, there's a, there's room for everything. Um, mm-hmm. so it's how, um, I've not raised rabbits. So my, my wife was always fine, kind of against it because when it's, it's how you think about it. We always, like my brother had rabbits and they always lived in a hutch. So they didn't like get out on grass. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, they live in this tiny little cage and they don't like with the chickens, you know, we would put the chickens out, you know, and they had their coop, but they also had the run and they'd also get out in the yard, you know? So it's like, well, they have space and they get to go do ch- and be chickens with, right. the, with the rabbits. We just, I, I love to eat rabbit, you know, I've hunted rabbits, but then like, I'm wasn't willing to not What's their job, you mm-hmm. know, outside of just producing meat? You know, there, I can think of an, other reasons to have chickens, but it's like. Jeremy made a good point. The, so. the, their their maneuver is not hot. You could oh, yeah, directly put it is, in there. So, yeah. so um, and like Daniel Salatin, uh, he, he's got a huge pot. Of, he, he's married the two worlds together by with his rabbits uh, on the cages and then the chickens on the ground. And between the two, what they're able to produce is mm-hmm. really, it's pretty interesting. So yeah, the, the dynamics of the homestead and the diversity of the animals on the homestead, um, y- you need to, you need to know where you are, I think, yeah. and what you're willing to do, but also have that conversation. So, uh, with your, your wife. And so she's more city and you're more country. Yeah. So <laughs> how did that conversation come that you both came to an understanding that like, this is what we want to do and we want to step away because I, I think it's, I think it's important to have that conversation between um, like one person's dream may not be the other person's dream and find that balance. So yeah. what, what happened with you? Um, I, um, you know, when you live on a farm and you live, you're trying to live intentionally, you know where your food comes from. Like we know where all of our protein is. It's something that we raised, you know, or we got locally, you know, we didn't, we didn't always raise cows, but we would always, we'd go to the 4-H shows after on the fair and we'd buy a cow you know so that that i I know that cow had a name but i didn't know it like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so and and my wife will not process anything like she's she knows where it came from you know she knows when they gets that chicken out of the freezer like it was something that you know we raised or i and i processed but she also won't break it down either like but (laughs) still too much resembling the animal um and but it's you know, you each have different jobs, and and so that's that's this is the same with people too. You know, you have our comfort zones that what we're willing to do or whatnot. You know, I'm I'm okay working, you know, twelve hours at work and coming home and do two hours of chores. Sure, like my wife is not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, we each have our strengths, and that's so, was really important to identify. Yeah, so it. you know, yes, we, you know, but then she has, you know, she works extre- extremely, you know important things that she does. She does all of our market, you know, not all of our marketing. We have Ginger who does our, our marketing, but then, um, she has a degree in graphic science. So all of our t-shirts stuff are designed from her. So it's like she's, you know, helps with, you know, within the hatchery as well. 
Um, and then we have four kids, so we're raising four kids and, you know, taking care of the house and all of the other stuff that I don't get to. Like, I'm here now, and she's at home doing right. 3,000 chicken chores, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that, yeah, that's, uh, that must be difficult to be able to step away. Um, and and you can't always separate together, so mm-hmm. having to separate, step away separately. Um, and, and I, especially you being a homebody, when you do get away from here and you get back home, what's that look like for you to be able to reground yourself and back with your, your animals and with your family and so forth? Um, I don't know. It's just, it, it's just so normal. Like, yeah, that's what your normal is, but it's like, you go home and it's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go out and I just need to go outside. Right. I, every, like I, everything that I want to do is outside. Like, <laughs> well, you're outside here in on the gravel yeah. parking lot under a canopy, which yeah. isn't the same. No, so. it's like okay, mm-hmm. I, I need. I know I've got to go rake some rocks, and so it's like we're all. Um, she tell when I'm bored because it's like I, you just went and cut down a tree, or like, <laughs> <laughs> like she said, you don't have enough yeah. to do, so you started the chainsaw. Fine. Like, <laughs> okay, I like starting my chainsaw. So what's funny is like we do live in Southern California. It's pretty densely populated yeah. but during the winter time when we rarely have our rainstorms i do throw my chainsaw on the back of my truck and and people my wife's like why are you doing that i go because there's always a tree that comes down we're we're, we're 22 years into a drought oh, so you have yeah. heavy winds and heavy rain for a day or two i've had some older neighbors that their tree drops so i don't mind go f- clean it up for yeah. them it's just fun to do because yeah. it's like you get to fire that chainsaw so yeah. so yeah that's a good way to crown yeah. myself i uh we were, it, it, it kind of hits you different. So I would, I, you know, I have a desk job primarily. I get to do a lot of the other stuff too, but most of the time it's just sitting like spreadsheets and stuff. And, I'm, and I, I can deal with that and I'm good at that. But then it's like, I go home and I need that physical work. Mm-hmm. Like I had a, um, a load of rock that I got. So they just dropped it at the top of the driveway and I got home and we, you know, had supper with the kids. We did our homework. You know, got the kids to bed and read their stories. And it's like nine o'clock at night. It's like I'm gonna go scoop rock. Like <laughs> so, I'm out and I'm just I'm just sweating. But uh, uh, you know, the endorphins are just hitting me, and it was just such a stress reliever. Like, and you don't realize how much that builds up. And it's like all I needed to do was go shovel two two ton of rock. You know. <laughs> well, I I, I get it because um like I'm I'm with the fire department for the last 30 years. And, and, uh, I tell my friends and other firefighters, Hey, uh, when I retire and I transition out of, out of the fire service, I'm going to be doing homesteading more than what I'm doing at my, my house yeah. right now. And they're like, well, that's a lot of work. I go, yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's relieving. And, and why do I want to just sit around? So no. And, and I, I completely relate to, to what you're saying. It's, it's, it's that connection, that physical so, exertion and such. Mm-hmm. It's great. You get, you know, I don't, and, you know, if your job is all day, you know, I did construction work, you know, for, for 10 years. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I, w- I didn't want to come home and do anything. Mm-hmm. So having the job where, you know, more sedentary probably than I need to be, I, now I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it, it could be opposite too. Like, you know, so it's, it's each you got to know what your, you know, our needs are. And, and that, that's key to, you know, fulfilling our other, our other dreams. We have, we know what we want to do, but you know, sometimes just, you don't have it. Like, mm-hmm. so, so, um, before we wrap this, this up, I, I want to know, um, 
a question I ask everybody is, what does homesteading mean to you? Yep, absolutely. Um, we're, like I said, living intentionally. That's that's oh cool. That's that's neat. Neat. You know, we're growing your own food. That's that's cool and that's neat. Um, the, the I want to leave it better than I found it. Um, whatever it is, whether that's the soil, whether it's property, whether it's a house, whether that's um, you know someone teaching someone how to do this or do that. You know, I'm not an expert, but I've I've screwed up, and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> so, but you um, learn from it, yeah. And so, you know, tr- you know, I have five acres, and I can improve five acres, and that's what I can prove. I know that I can. I can I can build the soil, I can build the fertility, I can build the biodiversity, you know, and I can do that all the while providing the best food for our family. And and really honestly just teaching my kids. So we're they're at that key age. We're gonna get a bowl here at the end of the month and we're gonna learn anatomy. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> they're gonna learn a lot more than anatomy. And so, you know, we don't try to hide anything. You know, they are they know where their food comes from. They know the chicken we're eating is chicken, you know, chicken nuggets could have been frank right um, exactly so hey named after me awesome i love (laughs) it (laughs) so um you know and that's you know everyone's oh i want to leave a better place for my kids and it's like well you you have to plan it too you know just think about it you have to do it like and i don't know maybe i'm screwing that up too but (laughs) for a while yeah that's another thing it's going to take a long time to see but it doesn't sound like it. it sounds like what your kids are experiencing is what um, has been lost. You're actually yeah. getting them outside and seeing what life's about, as opposed to a lot of kids are stuck on the uh, Game Boy or yeah. Game Boy, the Xbox. Kids, and they like that too. You know, we don't. They 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 sit and do that, but of they course. also get bored of it. You know, it's like you sit and stare at that. Like Saturday mornings, it's their TV time, and they'll and they're usually done before like the time's up. So they're just like, oh. I'm going to go outside. Like, well, that's that, ba- that's that balance. They've got like, something else to do. Yeah. yeah and and if you don't have anything else to do, what do you expect, you know, people in, in cities to do? Like, mm-hmm. we even in the town that we had, those 1,200 people, it's like, all right, well, well, one daughter was old enough to go ride her bike in town. It's like, the other ones weren't. It's like, well, they, you get bored. Mm-hmm. So having the space, like, go, go out in the grove, go out in the field, like, go run down the ditch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's uh, in the city. It's go play on the freeway, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go play in the ditch. That's even better. Here's a shovel. Go dig a hole somewhere. Like I don't. Oh, I used to try. I had a shovel when I was a kid, and I tried to dig to China. I never got that far. <laughs> never got that far. <laughs> but uh, no, that's great. Well, I really appreciate your time, Tom. How can our listeners uh, find you or your hatchery? Yeah, so McMurrayHatchery.com. Um, we're pretty easy to find on the internet. Uh, I don't have much for social media or anything so well, you know that just that <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm supposed to have social media to push the podcast out yeah. and, and I'm getting better I, and, and so, people are eventually going to find that's, it that's also intentional you know part of what you know what we do and to get, get that message out you have to you know intentionally get on social media and you have to intentionally put your name out there and sell stuff and that's hard but Yeah, well, a bit of humility. Sometimes it's hard to get past being humble and realize what you're doing is actually trying to push something that's actually really good and healthy for people and and, uh, help them out. So, Tom, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Cool. And then uh, I'll go ahead and put in our show notes uh, ways to get a little bit more chicken. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks.